Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. This week on Stop Hammer Time, with 10 wins in our first 20 games and moving up as high as fourth in the league, it's been argued that David Moyes has been gaslighting us all this time and that he revealed the true uh, David Moyes with our disappointing loss against Premiership champions Liverpool and our slightly dispiriting first half a few weeks back against Brighton. Is this true? Is he rubbish? Jim Grant says yes. I say no. Let's give him time. We'll talk about that on the podcast. Also, coming up, with the clear failure that is David Moyes, there is an ever-increasing wave of thought that we should make all our our sternest attempts to get hold of Thomas Repka to to shepherd the team through the remaining half a season. Uh, an opinion that is getting garnering a huge groundswell of support, an opinion led by Jim Grant. Jim and I will discuss this on the podcast. But first of all, with us this week, it's uh, Jim Grant. Hello, Jim. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Also joining us, two titans of the radio broadcast medium, and in the case of one of them, podcasting. It is, of course, George Mann. Hello, George. Good evening. And Mark Sandell. Good evening. Good to have you back, lads. Thank you. Uh, now, we played Liverpool at weekend, and uh, in a, 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 an unusual uh, turn of events, uh, we lost. We lost a game of football, <laughs> something that's, that we, as, as West Ham United, uh, are not used to. We're just not used to losing. It's not something that's in our DNA. We don't lose football matches. West Ham doesn't lose, but we did. We did. We lost, didn't we? Now, what was that all about? Why did that happen, do we think? Mark, what did you make of it? Well, we were, George and I were watching it together with a group of our friends, some of whom well-known on the podcast, Mark and Paul Gower and various other people. Yeah. And I think George used the phrase uh, stage fright, you said, didn't you? Uh, quite early on when it was quite clear we weren't laying a glove on them. Vertigo may be another good word as well. Yeah. But it was a strangely pallid, given how full-blooded we've been up till now, it just seemed as if, and I know people are laying it at the door of, you know, David Moyes' pre-match comments and all that all that kind of thing, 
but it was it's it was a West Ham of old. It was like they we'd welcome back that old familiar West Ham who don't always feel they belong on the same pitches then. And I thought that was, you know, incredibly disappointing. And that magic moment when Sky put the stats up of how brilliant we were from dead ball situations and how tall our attacking force are and how brilliant our defenders are at scoring goals. And at that point, we took a short corner. Yeah. And that was kind of comedic. It was, yeah, it yeah. was. As if they'd it seen was. it before they took the corner. Yeah. Yeah. George, what were you about to say? Well, I just I mean, it was a P-roll of a short corner. I mean, it's a long time since it's been so cross after a game. Actually, it wasn't even cross after the game. I was cross about 15 minutes in and just got increasingly crosser throughout the game. I just think we had, you know, as Mark said, it was a stage fright. We had lack of intent. Uh, I think we'd never even attempted to get hold of it. We were almost playing rope-a-dope to begin with. I think that, you know, you, get, you think about games that we've struggled against in the past. Palace away has always been a fight, always been a struggle. But, yeah, OK, we considered that early goal, but we got hold of it. We absolutely got hold of it and dominated. We never seemed to think that that's something we should be doing for this game, that we should, you know, just kind of hang on like a National League team in a cup tie and hope to nick one on the break. And it was just, it's just so wrong-headed. And I think that, and yeah, as a result, we ended up being on the back foot. We got, you know, Yellows for early in the second half for Rice and for Suchek because they're being overrun. Um, I I mean, there were some mitigating factors. I don't think anybody likes seeing the words John Moss against their team when uh, when 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 they announced the referees and Tiago could have easily got two cards in the first half. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I just think, I think it was just a bad lack of intent. There was no desire to go and get hold of it. I don't know if they were tired because, you know, they have been playing, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, Saturday, or, but as Mark pointed out, you know, Liverpool had two days fewer rest to come back from. Yeah. I was just really cross about it, actually. I thought that, you know, we we come to the stage where we, where we stopped not giving a good account of ourselves. If we'd lost that game because we went head to head and got outdone, but, you know, we got, it was just so timid and you know, we got done from our own corner and, and again, and, the yeah. old stuff. And despite, despite that, we were still in it at half time. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. still there for us. Um, well, which yeah. and arguably had the better chances in the first yeah. half. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Did, I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of blame laid at uh, sort of Moist or that it was a sort of tactical thing. I'm not sure that I, I, I think that's necessarily true. What did you make, Jim? I I tend to agree with 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 Mark and George, so I, and, and and I certainly agree with what, with um, your suggestion that it's not really tactics. I think it was, I, I, I in my head I I've described it as our uh, proof rock moment. Um, I, I do you do you do I dare disturb the universe? Artists? I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna pause it yeah. now, Jim, and go to my <laughs> library, which is upstairs. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get in well, the dumb, dumb waiter and I'm um, going to go up to I'm uh, referencing, top of the house. It was more macabre because we weren't really there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm referencing uh, Elliot's poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Proofrock, Proofrock. which middle-aged Proofrock, having come from humble backgrounds, working-class backgrounds, the sort of uh, the, come from the streets and the tenements, has made it as a kind of arriviste in middle-high, upper-middle-class society and now no longer feels he belongs in either place. And, I, am old, uh, I am old. I am old. I will. Yeah, I grow. Yeah, I should wear the bottoms of my trousers. Yeah, gold, yeah and all that. Um, and and he asked the question. Clearly, he's 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 on the verge of 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 um, proposing to a woman that will be a, a successful sort of society marriage. 
and he you never know whether he gets around to actually popping the question and he and he frames it in terms of do I dare disturb the universe and I think we had a moment there we'd have beaten Liverpool we'd have gone above them we'd have really announced our presence in this you know in this fight for Champions League places they knew it Liverpool knew that that was a massive game for them and they wanted it more and 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 uh they were up against it and they were on the front foot from the word go they didn't give us a, a sniff really in that game and we failed that test i think and i think it's 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 not a footballing failure i think it's a it's a psych it shows you just how psychological a thing sport is and we haven't yet got a mentality which sort of <coughs> says we're in great form they've got some some weaknesses that we can exploit. Um, let's really just pile into them. Um, uh, and the opposite happened, that they piled into us and after uh, this, squeezed the game out of us. After this, we'll, we'll carry on with this, but after this, um, <laughs> there's a Lars von Trier uh, retrospective uh, on at the British uh, the National Theatre. And uh, Mark Sandell went along and will be giving us his report on what we can expect <laughs> from this feast of cinema. Um, yes, it was... Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was particularly a tactical thing. I also thought that, you know, people were saying it's a weakened team. They were just there for the taking. And you go, that midfield was like Vinalden, who's great. Uh, the, you know, James Milner, who has a portrait in his attic of an ageing James Milner. Um, Shakiri and the bloke that they just got from Bayern Munich. That was their midfield, you know. So it wasn't like we we kind of going, oh, this is there'll never be a better opportunity to beat Liverpool than this this shower of shit that they've put out on the no, pitch. But, <laughs> okay, a contrary view. You know, it, it clearly wasn't a shower of shit. But we've got two of the outstanding central midfielders in 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 the Premier League this year. So we should not be sit there be tugging the forelock and worrying about what they're going to put out. And uh, Bowen. Um, Bowen and Fornells have worked bloody hard to make that thing work. And I think that, you know, we just stood off them and we just let, you know, come on, Tiago, give us an exhibition. And it was just so irritating. So I can't remember which journal it was that said that um, it, the first half, it was very La Liga, you know, that, that Liverpool had loads of possession, were just enjoying passing it around there. They didn't, uh, you know, as Jim said, we had good a couple of good chances in that first half. That it was, and also coming into that game, we were basking in the glow of of some lovely media write ups about West Ham. Look at mm-hmm. this team mm-hmm. now. Look, look how you know David Moyes' silent, uh, quiet uh, revolution. The word happy was in just immediately before the word hammers again, which yeah, hasn't yeah. which hasn't been there for quite a long time. So well, there was Bonner a talking about Juventus and how it felt like being at Juventus when yes, they won the right. Champions League. That's right. He was comparing genuinely West Ham with Juventus. And it was it, it just sort of seemed that it almost it was so West Hammy in a way to then turn in our most disappointing performance, albeit against, as Phil says, is still a blooming decent Liverpool team. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. You know, when I say that their their midfield was was good and had lots of sort of star players in it, I I, I, don't, I don't know whether you know, and I, I, I'm not sure there's an answer, whether it was a case that we were sort of intimidated, that we did have a kind of uh, imposter syndrome going into it. You know, that that can't be something that's kind of said by David Moyes in the pre-match chat, you know, be play badly because this team's really brilliant and we'll probably lose. But what did, what I felt did happen, and whether that is something that comes from the psychology with which we went into the game or just happened in the game, was that we couldn't get the advantage. We couldn't get on the good foot 
we were unable to sort of take the initiative. And even though we were in that game for the, the entirety of the first half, we were sort of containing them. It felt like they made the first move. And I've seen that in games. I've seen that a lot over the years, especially when we had our very uh, flimsy midfield under both Bilic and Pellegrini. We just could not seize the initiative in the middle of the park at all. And and that is something we've done this season, but did seem unable to do at the weekend. And I, and I, it is a chicken and egg thing. Were we somehow kind of intimidated even before the whistle was blown? Or did they just seize the initiative straight away and everything we were doing was just to react rather than to instigate? Because that's yeah, what it I felt think, like. Yeah, I, I think you're. I mean, it is chicken. Yeah, it's very difficult to to, to, to say, isn't it? Um, but I, I agree. I don't think it was some kind of canny tactic to sit back and you know hit them on the break or whatever. Um, I just think they saw the game for what it was as a really, really important game in terms of their season and whether or not they were going to be able to retain their. Title. I think basically, if they'd lost that game on Saturday, that was their that was their title challenge over. Um, yeah. And that's how they saw it, and that's how they played it with an intensity that we failed to match. And I and I think you know at some point deep down that sense that you are flying high and you are having a fantastic time, and actually we never really expected to be here. You know, there, there comes a point where that that meets a, a, a you know a crunch moment, um, and we we just as collectively couldn't quite raise our game. Um, to, to their level, really. Um, no, no, there was a, there was a, you know, there were kind of arguably 11 sort of um, substandard performances out on the pitch. Yeah, we, we were a bit all, below par. We were all place. sort of not quite at the races, I thought. Just going back to the thing about Moyes and his kind of mentality, we've only taken two points off what is the traditional big six this year mm. against Spurs, which makes me sick to say that, and City at home. And we, yeah. and there's been at least three times we haven't turned up. You could, okay, we can argue we got cold against Newcastle, got caught cold against Newcastle. But then there was a Chelsea game before Christmas, which was, you know, insipid against, you know, a, a not great Chelsea team. And the, you know, there was obviously Brighton, which, you know, we'll just put down to a kind of a, a bad day at the office. But um, I, I, there just seems to be, a, when it when it matters, when we can push through, we just seem to, Moyes to, has this idea that we just want to hold what we've got, and in the end we get run over. I think we, yeah, we are. We can only really go forward. I don't think we have that that neutral or that sort of sustaining gear that we need. Well, I wonder whether that's because we're being beaten by teams that are better than us in the league, and then we're beating the teams that are worse than us. You know, I, I mean, I wonder whether you know. I think I think we'll be overtaken by a couple of teams that are going to sort of come good that are traditionally better than us, and I could see us finishing tenth, you know, this year. And and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I would feel robbed. I wouldn't sort of go, hey, we're up there with the big boys now. We should really be you know, taking Manchester City apart and stuff like that because we're as good as them because I don't think we are. Yeah, and also let's not forget we've, we haven't we have beaten Liverpool, I think, since we've been at the London Stadium. We had that magic season when we beat them three times, didn't we, which I think yeah. was that last season at Upton yeah. Park. Moyes' record against Liverpool is winless in the last 14. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool have beaten us more times than any other team in the Premier League. So, you know, I think sometimes we have to try and get that a little bit into context. Our record well, This was great. a chance. But this but was yes, a chance. No, and I would agree with that, George. Yes, this was a chance. And I take the point that they're all amazing internationals and they're all fantastic and their kids are great as well. 
But this was no with no Manet and no Van Dyke for a start, you know, and Firmino, for whatever reason, starting off on the bench. You know, Jordan Henderson has played really well in the centre of that defence. No question. He's a, he's clearly a, you know, he's a he's a top player who can almost almost play anywhere. But really, Antonio, surely no one wants to mark Antonio. But they were quite happy marking Antonio. And I know we we, we tried the long ball a few times, didn't we? And it was mm. pretty damn obvious that that was our main, going to be our main tactic. And yeah. it's not quite I, firing. I thought, we were, I thought we were forced into that. I thought they pressed high okay. with energy. And I think they forced us into playing long balls. And I think, you know, you 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 you, you we fell into the old thing of, of seeing an isolated from... And Antonio didn't have his greatest game, yeah. but he was isolated in a way that... Um, he, you know, in recent games against Palace, for example, you, you know, he wasn't. And um, you know, you, you're going to get that. They've got pace at the back. Um, and with, with the, that Phillips guy, you know, they had height as well to cope. And, they, and you know, they could cope with the threats easy. We didn't get people, we didn't as a collective unit get get high enough up the pitch. Um, and that's, that's down to them playing with intensity as well as us not, not, not being great. I mean, the thing is at Anfield, we had a right go at them. Well, no, we were ironically. a little bit unlucky to lose that game, actually. Um, some some gen- generous refereeing helped them, as is often the case. Um, and uh, George, in some of those games that you mentioned, I mean, I thought, I thought, you know, that Chelsea game, yeah, we were. I didn't think it was as insipid a, a, a performance. I thought, Man United, I thought Man United. We were. We were really unlucky. There was an appalling piece of officiating that turned that game. Um, we dominated an hour of that. Um, we were good against City in the first half, especially. Um, so I think, you know, in fact, one of our worst, some of our worst performances have been wins. I mean, we were terrible against Aston Villa last time. Correct. Yeah, and we yeah, won yeah. that game. Fulham. Um, we, were, we were pretty awful against um, Fulham mm. and we were pretty awful against Sheffield United. So, um, you know, I think it's, I, I, I think you can overanalyze some of, the, some, of the, some of these things, really. I mean, I think the level of performance on the whole has been reasonably consistent this season. Um Okay, isn't that what top you know, six teams do? That you know they analyse yeah. things. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, it's I, easy. I, you know, um, I'm more worried that we, you know, the, 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 a couple of injuries and and we we you know we will see a steady decline. I think I, I agree with Phil. I think you know something around tenth will be a a likely finish, and I think if we end up something like eighth. Um, We'll have had a fantastic season, really, well, that, given the, where we started from. The last season at Upton Park was the was we started off really well, didn't we? I mean, well, actually, the first yeah. two games we didn't, but then we really got into our stride, and and there was that similar stage of the season where it was, are we going to push on? Is it where we really? And, and in the end, it kind of petered out. And I just wonder if yeah. that's because we've got the thirty-five points, thank you, and that might even be you never know enough already so you know I know people are talking about getting over the 40 and I just wonder if that's the mentality going back I know George you were making a gag about a top six mentality but if we genuinely would like to challenge in that for for Europa League or whatever it is then we should be thinking of 35 as a start rather than a bit of a relief yeah well actually I I wonder you know I wonder what the statistics are about um uh points halls before and after Christmas, you know, some of the teams that have won 
the Premiership. I wonder if they've won more points after Christmas than before. I think I think getting less points after Christmas than you got before Christmas is probably pretty standard across the division because of fatigue and injuries and you know being worked out by the other teams. Um, and I certainly am not expecting to win ten games again in the second half of this season. I think it's going to be more of a schlep for us. The only time I can think that maybe that did happen was when um, Man United overhauled uh, Kevin Keegan's Newcastle that season. It wouldn't surprise me if Man U got more points in the second half of the season than they did the first season. But even those championship winning seasons from those teams, I bet those teams got more points before Christmas than they did after, or maybe sort of the same number or something. But, but, um, you know, I think it's hard for everybody after Christmas, except sometimes, you know, some of the lower teams manage to put a little run together. And I think that's sort of going to happen this year as well. I think, you know... um, even though the two teams above the bottom three are sort of pulling away a bit now, uh, Brighton and uh, Burnley, you know, the, they're starting to, Fulham are starting to play well, you know, they're starting to seem, you know, like quite a good outfit. Um, but um, but it's a big, one of the things we've always, we've talked about, I think last time I was on was that our first 11, which it was our first yeah. 11, with possibly Arthur, maybe, if Arthur had been fit, but that's pretty much our first 11. Um, we've always said, you know, it's thin. We lose a couple of players, a couple of key players there. I don't know, Declan or, you know, we lose a couple of players there. But we were at full strength. Against yeah, that, is our, yeah. that is our best team, which I think it makes it disappointing. And just the law of averages will suggest we're going to lose some players. We just are in the in the, in the next few months. You know, every team is struggling. In fact, our record is pretty good, isn't it, for, for injuries this season? Outstanding mm. this season. Well, in, in that case... And I'm sure you're going to talk about it, but the you know the transfer transfer window was that a missed opportunity? You know, if if you know if it is a case of let's just survive, get through, well done, no danger of going down, fantastic, or is it a season where we actually say there's something longer term going on here? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think that that from from all the noises that Moyes have been making suggests that he's really interested in the medium to long term, not going. Going, you know, busting a gut to, to to finish as high up as we can um, uh, this season. And, you know, the priority is building something, you know, more substantial. I think it would be very tempting to, and fans would have liked it if we'd have splashed cash and brought in a uh, a striker, you know, with a bit of a rep. Um, um, but so often those they've been disappointing, haven't they? Because they've not been quite the right. You know, we've gone on a merry-go-round of trying making kind of offers that aren't quite ever going to be accepted for for big name players and eventually you end up with sort of the third or fourth choice um which is how Halle came to the club um and uh it it, it, it disappoints um and it doesn't fit with the system but, so i think but, but this time I, last I, year this I, time I last like year this, sorry jim i was just saying this time last year we bought in randolph suchek and bowie yeah, yeah. Well, that was, I mean, that was backs against the wall. They, We needed someone to sort of save us, didn't we? And I think, um, you know, I mean, that was a part of, I think Moyes' uh, you know, mindset when he came into the club was, I've, I've got to get someone to shore up the midfield, you know. And, and uh, you know, when that, I, I guess when, you, when your remit is that clear, you're looking at central midfielders at European clubs, you know, and you're sort of narrowing things down. I suppose it's the same with strikers at clubs, but I mean, if, you know, strikers are probably, you know, at this stage in most 
team seasons, if their striker's doing really well for them, they want to hang on to them. But, I mean, there, are, but there, were, there was an option in Josh King that we could have gone for. There was, you know, the, he was clearly being touted towards us, but we decided to step back and step out of that. And he, he went, he ended, he ended up going to Everton for, you know, in vertical as a nominal fee. I mean, Mark was talking about 2015-16 at the Bolin. We did bring in a striker, Emanike. I mean, and that's kind of what we've, you know, what Jim said about yeah. trawling, trawling around the bargain basement and the skips outside houses, mm. trying to find someone to play up front. And but we're in a we're in a horrible situation now. Um, you know, I was looking earlier on at uh, I did a bit of prep, um, but Antonio has played on as as averaged twenty five games for us a season, mm. and you know he's gonna he's gonna go, he's gonna break down with something in the next four months, five months. And we can have nothing there. We can be playing Yarmolenko. We all this nonsense about a false nine. I mean, it's just, it, it, we put we put ourselves, you know, I, if we finished eighth now, Jim, I'd be delighted. I really would. But I think, you know, we could be looking at 12th. And it's the sort of thing where if you're looking at joining a team in the summer, do you join a team that kicked on in January? Do you want to join a team that decided they could have a go? Or do you want a team that said, well, you know, I'm not going to go down? So that's about 15th next year ago. I mean, that's the feeling. There was a feeling, uh, you know, a, a mode of thought afoot that, you know, David Moyes is a, a sort of a yes man and a lackey to Sullivan and Gold. And uh, I think that was reinforced when uh, he, he, in something he said to the press, it's on the BBC website today, he said, you know, which which they must have loved to hear him say, We've we've come unstuck before, spending kind of you know tens of millions on on uh, Alaire and uh, Felipe Anderson and and Yamo and sort of going out and splashing the cash. I don't want to do that. I want to get and wait till I get the player that's right. Yeah, that must we're be, doing things differently now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That sort of. I mean, that you know, uh, if we do like, like winning games. Yeah, yeah if we do, if we do, you know. Uh, Entirely sort of paint Sullivan and Gold as, as as villains, and that's you know sort of probably right. Ineptitude also springs to mind. Um, this certainly fits in with their plan because they don't like spending money. So, <laughs> no. so you know, so so you know, I wonder what I wonder what mindset is leading which mindset. I don't, I, th- I think that you know, um, Jim, I think Jim he, uh, Hammerhead Sharp did a great thread on Twitter today. He did, which is basically yeah, it was yeah, it was uh, it was Jim's greatest hits about the organisation, about the lack of planning, about the director of football. I mean, you know all the arguments, but, mm. you know, and you can rehearse them, but basically, yeah, Haller moved, you know, almost, you know, the, the top by the time the fireworks had finished on New Year's morning and yeah. said the deal had been in place for a few weeks. So we had, you know, two months to try and sort that situation out. And we... And he'd been playing. He'd played what fifteen games and scored a, you know, a few goals. And we moved him out with no idea of bringing in a replacement. I think that is just insane. And I think it's just the kind of cockeyed, you know, Del Boy type management that leads people to get frustrated and utterly depressed with the club. That the one chance, you know, you, you can go back, you know, to nineteen eighty six when we had the chance to kick on in that summer. We didn't, yeah. and the decline ended up in relegation three years later. And you can point to all these points over my watching time at West Ham and yours, which is fairly similar, that when we've when we've had that chance to build on something and we chose not to. That's yeah. Infuriating. I mean, they... Yeah, I, sorry. Go on, Jim. Go on, Jim. Well, I, I'm just saying, I'm, I, I think uh, on the face of it, 
Um, I agree. I agree. It, it looks it looks nuts um, not to not to not to have uh, a replacement for Haller lined up, even let alone finding one in the month. Um, but I just would say, on the evidence of the season so far, Moyes has, has uh, you know has earned the right to do it the way he wants to do it. Um, the question of kicking on is is it's a question of whether whether it was now was the right time in terms of just, you know, where we happen to be this season or whether, as I say, we're looking at, you know, the summer is crucial, isn't it, now? I mean, if if if, yeah. if, if there isn't serious investment addressing the key areas that we know need addressing, and that would include central midfield as well as um, uh, striker and, and uh, left-back in that, in that regard, um, and possibly goalkeeper as well, um, then uh, you know, then we'll have cause to com- genuine, real cause to complain. I think yeah. uh, this is a risk they're taking. They're taking a calculated risk, or Moyes is taking a calculated risk. It seems to me. If if not, then it is. You know, if that's not what's going on, then it is the owners really, you know, surpassing themselves in letting the fans down, and they've done that enough. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they sort of, they don't, you know, they don't have as much money as a lot of fans would like them to have. And clearly there was, like you say, there's there's already been a big risk in, in that um, uh, we didn't really seem to strengthen much in the summer. I mean, obviously those, those signings in last season's winter transfer window, i.e. Boeing and Suchek, um, were, 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 so kind of inspirational for the team. Though that was a good bit of business, but the summer was very quiet and there seemed to be a feeling that after their big spends under Pellegrini, they sort of didn't have much money in the financial tank and that we were going to have to go again um, and there wasn't going to be a lot of business. And we we got Ben Rama and uh, Soufal. And uh, that was it. And that's we were going to have to go with that because we're very skint. So we would get through mm. to the end of this. But if it happens in the summer, as you say, Jim, well, then some, it's like I think we would be thinking, well, you shouldn't run a football club. This this will be no. two transfer windows in a row where you're going, well, we haven't got any money. And you're going, well, you know, there's shittier teams than us with that are finding money to spend on footballers. And if, uh, Yeah, one thing I, I, would, I would add to that is I'd, I'd love to know what Rice thinks of it. What his view? Because, um, I, 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 you know, I think as important as any bringing anyone in would be would be attempting to hold on to him and get get him on some kind of contract that that takes him to his mid twenties with us, if possible. I don't see that's you know he he's going to have a fantastic career at the top level. I think, um, and yeah, and if we if we made if we gave him signals and, and and we're able to say look this is this is our this is our ambition this is what we're trying to do we're going to try and finish top top six this season um that's that's an incentive to keep him isn't it i mean because mm-hmm. in the end if we bring in those 60 million quids worth of of players of striking talent or and Nezri or whatever you know and and uh Kral and all these people that are being talked about um but then we lose rice it's a kind of you know robbing peter to pay paul yeah, it's not there, inconceivable it? that clubs would be interested in Suchek and and Bowen. Yeah, the that they, no, that's right. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Suchek has clearly attracted a lot of attention yeah. already. So yeah. you're right; it's the signal it sends out. Yeah. 
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. I mean, both both Ross and Suchek are the sort of mentality and personality of players that top teams desire. Um, when Lampard got sacked last week, you know, the Manchester United Twitter was going mad, saying, ah, oh, Rice is going to be ours now. I mean, I'm not sure about that. But um, I just think that, you know, it's the, con- it, you know, what you said, Jim, yeah, you're right. You know, it's not, they should have a, a list of strikers they are kind of monitoring um, in the case, you know, if Haller broke his leg or if Antonio broke his leg, let alone transferring people out. So they could start making moves rather than this kind of, car boot attitude they have at the end of the month and I think that if you know like say if Rice and Suchek start attracting attention they got you know they've got to be thinking what do I want to do do I want to play in Champions League with a team with ambition or even a team looking to play in the Champions League or do I want to stay fighting relegation possibly next week next year yeah. I mean, Moyes, again, on this in this little article on the BBC website, said that they had put in offers for strikers, um, but they just, you know, none of them came off. So, you know, I don't know if he's just repeating what he's been told by Sullivan and Gold, or, you know, I assume that he's party to, you know, those decisions. Uh, it certainly seemed... But you know, you know the sort of offers they make, you know, as our friend of Sporting yeah. Lisbon said. You know, it's, yeah, there's no point sort of offering sort of brass farthing for a £20 million striker. No, I mean, they just might be bad. You know, I just don't know. I don't know how good these people are at negotiating. You know, it's quite often, I mean, you quite often see on social media, you know, such and such a club wants this for their player. We offered them this. It, You know, it's much lower. That's idiotic. But, but that's what, that is what bargaining is. That is what, you know... Of course, everyone wants the highest possible. I'd love to sell my house for a hundred million pounds, but that's not going to happen. And and someone will offer a much lower. You know, I, I you know, it's it's like, you know, when the when when the fans are going, give them what they want. They want this for their striker. Give it to them. Give it to them. Um, no, but you have to be in a situation where you know where you're negotiating and what the range is. If you go in and offer two hundred fifty quid for a half a million pound house, they're going to tell you to piss off, and that seems yeah. to be what's happening. And it's just. It's just a repetition and whatever. Yeah, other people, yeah, the King thing, yeah, they've signed him for six months. Now that, okay, you can argue, you know, he's a fast-paced striker. Would he have come to sit on our bench? I don't know, but he would, you know, he's probably not going to get a start with Calvert-Lewin playing for Everton. But we, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record. Well, you're right. You would have thought that was a fairly low-risk thing to do for six months. Uh, yes. Bearing in mind that and when you think of the financial hit we've taken on Halle, for example, you think that's a, what we would have paid Josh King is a quite a small proportion of that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. sort of low risk. It would keep people happy. I mean, I yeah. do I do get the feeling, again, based on nothing, but I do get the feeling that Moyes does have a big say in, in who he brings. I don't think it is a case of, you know, I think, I know there's been, there was some talk, wasn't there, whether Ben Rama was really his or not. 
you know, whether that had come from somewhere else. But I think he, so far, he doesn't seem to have players foisted on him, if we assume that Ben Rama was his. And as we've said many times before, his record is superb in in yeah. that respect, you know, with, with Kufel and Suchek and Bowen and Dawson, for goodness sake. You know, yeah. we thought, you know, we thought, blimey, what the hell are we doing with him? And he's a goal machine. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's... he's you know, he's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, so, so Moyes is maybe seeing something in Jesse Lingard, maybe that other people aren't seeing. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, what we have to go with that, Lingard. you know. As, yeah. as you said, Jim, he's got money in the bank. The club hasn't, but Moyes has, you know. Mm. Mm. Yes. Well, Lingard, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, in, in a sense that, um, you know, taking a um, Josh King on loan for sort of six months is a no-brainer. And, and in a sense... Uh, Jesse Lingard, that that could be the case. I'm sort of quite glad that we didn't buy him because we've sort of got quite a lot of attacking midfielders. But with the run in in the season, and there will just have to be some kind of rotation and just giving mm. players a bit of a break. Because I thought we did look leggy on Sunday. I thought we just didn't, you know, all of our midfielders just didn't, we didn't seem to be able to meet their formation, their diamond formation, but also Suchek and Rice, you know, had not great games for us. Bowen didn't have a great game. Ben Rama um, worked very hard. We didn't know where he was sort of heading towards. So uh, a kind of very experienced attacking midfielder, if we've got anything like the Jesse Lingard of four or five years ago, who was great. I thought he used to really like Lingard. I think he was... It's, it's, only, it's only two and a half years since he was in the World Cup and starting yes. in the World Cup. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I played every game bar one, didn't he? But, yeah. the, but the, you know, there has been an alarming drop-off in form. And, you know, there's this stuff about, okay, he's had family issues, his mum's been ill, he's been looking after his two school-aged siblings. So, but then... With that in the mind, why is he moving 250 miles away from Manchester if that's the case? And yeah. I'm just worried about what is it that has made his form drop off like it is. Yeah. Well, but Moise is going to know that if you saw what I mean. I don't think that he's, I don't think this is a, you know, this is, he clearly intends him to be part of the game tomorrow night. I mean, he said that, hasn't he? And so I, he would know that. And I think also maybe before Moise was here, I don't think Lingold would have been the slightest bit interested in coming here when Pellegrini was in charge. You know, and if he sees an opportunity to revitalise his career under a manager who knows him, you know, knows him from when he was a kid, effectively, he knows what's going on at West Ham. Um, I think that's that's quite a good sign for us, I think, you know, because if it doesn't work out for him, then he's taken another dent and it's not a team like West Ham will want him next time. No, no. And it's sort of, it's reminiscent of João Mario as well. It's like, you know, João Mario came in and he played a lot of games. Uh, you know, he, he we actually had a team that was functioning fairly well at that point. Uh, though Lanzini might have just been about to have his big injury at the end of that season. But anyway, you know, um, João Mario came in, but he did play. He sort of came straight in and played. He wasn't sort of rested for a week and just dropped in, uh, sort of rested for several weeks and sort of dropped in here. And then he sort of got game time right from the word go. And I think Lingard probably will as well. I mean, you st- you started to see over that Christmas period and especially with the, you know, um, the two cup games, he was starting to give players a whole game off if he could. Like for now, has got a game off. I think I think he did play Doncaster, but Kufal didn't. You know, there were there there've been lots of sort of restings of players trying to give them a game off in time to recover the next one because they were coming so sort of thick and fast. So Lingard's going to help in that respect as well. I would have thought. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, on, George. Well, I hope so. I just. He's an interesting guy to see where he fits in, really. I mean, you would probably think that if he did come in, 
as a starter, it would be kind of instead of Verama. But I mean, I just, I just hope that he has. There's nothing there. I mean, the last player we signed from Manchester United after alarming drop off in form was the uh, was Ravel, mm. and yeah, he flattered to deceive after being kettled every time he left the team pass. I think that's one of your lines, wasn't it? But um, but yeah, I mean, so we hope that it's going to be, you know, I, I wish him all the best in the world. I think, it's, yeah, he seems like a lovely bloke. He's clearly got a big family obligation at home. Um, and I hope that he can put his heart and soul into West Ham for the next five months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah, we do. We we desperately need sort of some more legs in the team. And he's got to start sort of uh, giving some players more game time. I think because uh, you know, um, it's we've got half a season to go. You know, he seems to be utilising Fredericks a bit. Fredericks has come in, and Fredericks and and you know, I think I like Fredericks. I think he's good. Um, trouble is, there's a in his primo position. There's a very good bloke there, so who you'd like to play as much as he possibly can. So um, you know, uh, unless there was sort of some way of moving them, sort of. Well, I, mean, I, I, was, I was thinking, sort of after the game, that you know, in the absence of Masuaku, could we do with Fredericks what we did with Arthur and play three of Kufal, you know, Dawson, um, Obana and push Crystal up. I don't know. if that is that an option mm. for us if we want to go to that five thing? Because, I mean, we have, you know, we haven't, you know, I was very, a lot of people were very concerned when we had to ditch the five because of the injury, because that has been the strength and the solidity which we've been able to build on. But it doesn't seem to affect us that bad. But I don't know, it might be something to try tomorrow, particularly if we're going to have Grealish yeah. on the uh, left-hand side or their, our right there left all the time yeah yeah no I mean it was uh, it did very well for us that three at the black back form formula didn't it and it shouldn't it shouldn't necessarily disappear just because Masuaku's disappeared it seemed to be created entirely to accommodate Arthur Masuaku as much as anything else or but to compensate for Cresswell Cresswell's lack of speed yeah, yeah yeah put two left backs together we might get a decent one yeah yeah Yes, well, it was, and 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 you know, yeah, the 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 notion that actually four four, you know, four at the back is okay because Cresswell can hack it at left back. It doesn't actually completely negate the fact that he he just is not as fast as he was, and he's not a super quick left back, and that that might you know kind of bite us in the ass further along the way. Um, it's something. It's something more you should take credit for, I think, as well, is that certain mm. players in that team who we thought the best days were behind them. He's really got he's got a tune out of Cresswell, which is. Fabulous yeah. and reminds us of that player that we first had. Antonio, on his day, does look a fearsome striker and he's really encouraged that. I mean, he did it with Anitovic, didn't he, in his first sort of time mm-hmm. here. You know, I think that's something that perhaps gets underplayed a bit is is the way that he's, he brings people's standards up or gets them playing to a different... And, and, you know, and that has been one of the great things up until the last game is seeing that. You know, seeing the Cresswell of old, you know, and then talking about him playing for England again. It's about Antonio playing for England again. Yeah, you know, yeah. which which again you would have thought wouldn't be the case. I know you look doubtful, George, but uh, you know, no. all I'm saying is it was talk. Whereas you wouldn't have had that conversation last season. No, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I think you do have to have uh, respect for what what Moyes and the team and his team have done in terms of coaching, of generating a kind of team spirit. And and we can't, you can't, you can't. You know, we lost. We lost to the champions, who were absolutely, you know, um, in a sense, backs to the wall, weren't they? On 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 Saturday, and and um, you know, 
that's a disgrace, really. And 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 you you've got to put that properly in context. It was disappointing, performance disappointing, but on the whole, where we are still at the moment in fifth place, we've got teams around us have lost this week, so we haven't lost too much ground. Mm. Um, and that was a yeah, nice feeling, wasn't it? Still to play for, isn't it? That was a nice feeling, looking yeah. at Everton's result and thinking, oh, that was good. Tottenham's result, oh, they lost. I know that's good anyway, but, yeah. you know, it's Arsenal. particularly good. When <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when Arsenal you start thinking of that, that, rather than wondering how Sheffield United and West Brom are getting on, that has yeah. been nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't break yeah. the habit tonight. I had to watch um, Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, I couldn't break yeah. the habit tonight. I had to watch <laughs> Sheffield United and West Brom. <laughs> Just, you know, the pain of watching Sam against <laughs> But I think, I think going, back to Jim's, going back to Jim's yeah. point, absolutely right that yeah, you can look at that, and it, and if we play well against Villa tomorrow night, then it does look increasingly like that. But if we turn up and it's another tentative performance against a side that, as you correctly pointed out, at the beginning, we were very fortunate to beat in the first game, um, then then yeah. it, starts, it starts to look a, a bit more. It looks starts to look a bit rotten rather than oh well, it's one of those things. Everyone has it. It's been that season. People, all people mm. have. You know, every team yeah. has had an odd game. I mean, yeah. look at Liverpool drawing with whatever it was, Newcastle, losing at home to Burnley, thrashed by Villa. Everyone's had bizarre results. But I think if we put a couple together, then it sort of thinks, OK, well, that's, yeah. that's what we I mean, at the beginning of the season. Villa, Villa are good. Villa are really yeah. good. They they, they have they have bought well. Um, they're, in, they're in great form. And, and, you know, they lost that game to Burnley, which they probably shouldn't have done. But that did expose, you know, where they're weak. They, they have got defensive weaknesses, which we exploited at the start of each half in the, in, the, in the home game against them. But in Grealish, they've got a player who, though not very likeable, um, is going to be in the frame for Football of the Year, I think. Um, yeah. he, is, he is terrific. Um, as an attacking uh, midfielder, and you know, Ross they, Barkley. They, Ross Barkley's yeah, really you know, good. Yeah, you know, McGinn, I like. You know, they've got they've mm. they're, 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 they've got energy, they've got pace, they they move the ball well. It's a t- yeah, it's a really good test tomorrow. It'll be really interesting. Hopefully, we'll bounce back and um, and put them under a bit of pressure. Uh, that's what we want to see. I mean, those Liverpool goals were, were you know, they were sort of wonder goals. When that when that second one uh, with the Shakiri cross uh, happened, you know, I, I I was sort of saying, why didn't we have anyone on the touchline? Uh, why didn't we get back to cover them? <laughs> Actually, we did get back to cover them. We we did get back. It was just that Shakiri was able to run onto that ball and hit it without even controlling it. Well, if Yarmolenko had set off right at the beginning, he may well have had a chance. But yeah, yeah, but he, yeah. Was doing, he was doing Cresswell's job. He was doing Cresswell's job. You know, but, 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 but it was... It, it, it was an extremely good goal. I don't think, you know, there's obviously there is that, you know, where we conceded from our own corner. But, you know, the way it happened, it was like, you know, it's just one of those, you just have to chalk those goals off. And those were, because we are pretty good defensively. That's uh, what I'm coming around to saying. We have a good, we have a good defensive sort of unit. And I think, um, uh, you know, if we can neutralise Grealish, I think we're in with a chance in that game. Uh, you know, they are being beaten by teams. They are very good, but I think we can give them a game, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the Grealish thing is a big issue tomorrow. Um, he, uh, I, I, I just find it depressing that alongside such talent is such venal cheating. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. you know, that, that you shouldn't have to try and manage that going into a game, but you do. Um, and I just, you know, it's, is the worst 
possibly English player ever for that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't really know what we can do to counteract it. I don't know why refs aren't getting wise to it. There, you know, there was. I think we said this on last week's podcast. There was a sort of league of um, most fouled players, and of course, he was near the top of them. And you go, well, if you pretend to be fouled and they believe it's a foul, you will get to the top of that league because you're you're just claiming, like Trump claiming he won the election, just claiming to have been fouled. I can claim I've been fouled forty times, and if they just write the word forty next to. <laughs> to amount of times fouled you know and Mane and uh Salah or I think possibly Son and you go those are all the players that dive that's why they're at the top of the most fouled league is that they should be at the top of the most dives league they literally they're the ones you can point at and say those players cheat all the time uh extraordinary extraordinary um Zahar as well obviously um yeah, well, I mean, it's gonna. We're, we are going to be careful around him. Obviously, we're going to have to be, you know. And I can't. I can't remember who it is. It's either Rice or Suchek who's on four cards. So that's one away yeah. from a ban. Um, which yes. Really, if that if that ban is against Doncaster uh, against Manu, it might not be the worst thing. But yeah, you, you you have to worry about that. You have to worry about that factor. It, it, yeah. I wonder if there is a sense of sort of someone who's an understudy for Suchek or Rice if they, you know, if they miss games or if they're injured or something. Well, we like had that. one with Josh Cullen and he's... Yeah, uh, that's what I thought, Josh Cullen. Yeah, he's doing great stuff at uh, Anderlecht now. He's, he's he? team captain. And, yeah. I, again, I, I, sort of, uh, I was looking him up last week because it's locked down and I was really bored. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, yeah, he seems to be getting rave reviews for what I can understand my blemish. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, especially also having, I suppose in a way the sense is that Mark Noble is that understudy, but he is very slow. You know, there was certainly one of the Carabao Cup games that I don't think I watched, Jim, that you watched, where Cullen sort of played in that role and said, yeah, it was great. It was like Noble, but with just Mm. more energy. Yeah. (laughs) Just more youthful vim and vigour and a bit of running, uh, which... Well, they obviously rated rate Coventry out of the two very similar players, Cullen and Coventry, and they, they obviously rate, rate him, rated him the higher. But I mean, you know, it, it is, it, it, it's, you know, the focus has been on striker, but it, I, for me all along, it's been that central midfield area that where, where we really are, you know, fragilely thin. I mean, I, Noble is still in, in some ways a, a, a decent footballer, but he can't replicate what, um, those two do, and that's what that has been fundamental to the turnaround in our form is the fact that we have legs and energy, and we dominate games and control games from mid midfield. You know, and and it's made us more solid at the back. Um, mm. So you know, Rice and Suchek are central to to what's going on at the club at the moment, and we don't have anybody with the with the skill set to replace either of them. It seems to me. I mean, no. I, I, it makes the it makes the release of, you know, and, and failure to replace Obiang um, going back a couple of years all, all the more puzzling to me, you know. Um, uh, yeah, so, I, yeah, no, I, that, that bothers me as much as the lack of the, the striker, to be honest. Um, Especially in the short term, in this run-in, because yes, we are really yes. relying on those two guys to play every yeah. single game, every single yeah. league game, you know. Um, uh, it was, you know... There were interesting lessons from that from the Doncaster game because we really did go sort of uh, all in to attack them. We had Lanzini and Ben Rama, and Noble did play in that game, but um, we sort of predicated everything on keeping Doncaster very busy and pressed back. So um, 
uh, it was a sort of, you know, a courageous way of set, sort of setting out, you know, rather than sort of going these these cup games against lower league opposition are quite doer. We should, you know, put out a sort of cagey team that just puts down a kind of layer of suppressing fire for 90 minutes and hopefully nick a, a win. We actually just, you know, really went out and uh, pulled their pants down, you know. and Because um, the, cup, the cup's an interesting thing for us now, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously we're massively under, we're, we're obviously underdogs. If we are going to drift out of, albeit I know it was a long shot to get into one of the European places, it does make that game quite big, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. You know, we are three games away, aren't we? We're, that's the way to look at it, isn't it? And uh, yeah. And you wonder how important that now looks in the context of the season. Yeah, and possibly bigger for us than Man United, who might mm. feel they have bigger fish to fry. I don't. I don't think realistically they are in a, <laughs> a championship. I think they're in a. If ever a team is in a false position in the league at the moment, I think it's them. They they are in Fernandez a spectacularly one man outfit. It seems to me at the moment, um, and I think City are gonna are gonna canter to the league title this this season. I suspect, um, but for the moment, and by the time we still play them, I think Man United will think they're in a, 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 a fight for the title. Um, and they've got Europe, Europa League coming up, haven't they? So possibly, you know, um, more 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 important for us than them in that sense. Hmm. Well, you know, there's really only one sort of there's where well, there's really only about eleven players he can put out for that game if he wants to field his strongest <laughs> team. That's exactly. the problem, isn't it? You know, exactly one so. of them won't. One of them won't right. be Jesse Lingard for obviously. No. He's, yeah. <laughs> so we really know who's going to be playing in that game. I think. Predict um, it even at this stage. Um, yes, well, I suppose we're on to uh, predictions for uh, tomorrow's game. Villa, very hard. What do you reckon? I'd be happy with the point. It'll be a well-earned point, I think, if we if we get it. But I think it might be quite a, 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 an ent- entertaining game. Um, two all. Two all. Two all. George, what do you reckon? Um, I I can see it's going down. To be honest, mm. I think. Yeah, you know, I think. 2-1. I mean, I could, you know, it feels one of those games. You know, I saw Barkley at the weekend. He seemed to be on it. Um, yeah. Grealish is... Uh, Grealish, I, I haven't felt about this way about a player for a very long time. It my dislike of a... Of, of a player in, in the way he plays. And I think you've hidden that, it, you've hidden it really well, George. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, people say I play, I am Mr. Poker face, but, uh, but, but, you know, I, 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 whenever I dislike somebody intensely, he always burn us up. So my view is going to be 2-1 to Villa, I suspect. Because, to Villa. because, because Gre- Grealish, he loves the attention. That's a thing. He's not, yeah. you know, when you talk about Zaha, for example, he gets really wound up when it's not going his way. Yeah. And yet Grealish just... We saw that last week, didn't we? Was, yeah, we yeah. did. Yes. Grealish, just, Grealish revels in it. He loves the attention. You know, and the more the more he gets tapped, the more he throws himself down, the more he seems to enjoy it. I was going to go two one Villa as well. I'm sorry. Right, right. Uh, that's technically not allowed. Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, yeah, in that case, I'll go one uh, nil Villa. Though one I'm nil saying Villa. that half heartedly. Well, I'm going to. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go for two one us then, uh, because that's the one that's left. Um, it seemed that you know it seemed well, it's that, like, three one Villa, four one Villa, five nil. <laughs> yeah. What's left? Yeah. <laughs> it's loads left. Um, okay, I'm going to go. Uh, is it there? Is it up there? Yes. Yes. I'm going to go Villa One, West Ham Three. Then. Okay. 
you you heard it here. So do do pop down your bookmaker of choice and put a bet on that. Um, it's just not giving him a run up, isn't it? He's sort of like what we seem to do quite well like with Zaha the last time we played Palace was just it didn't give him the kind of um, him. the opportunity to sort yeah. of run 30 yards with the ball. And it's, it's sort of, you know, once those guys get ahead of steam going, it's very difficult because obviously they attract a foul in, in the, their trademark style. Yeah. But also, you know, someone running at your speed is a daunting prospect in anyone's book. But we... Um, you know, I guess we just needed to double up, you know, early, prevent the ball going out to him, you know, sort of, um, it's just down to working. And, and, you know, that, that, that shape with clearly two holding midfielders, you know, that, that, the kind of diamond shape that Liverpool had, it felt that we were slightly overrun in midfield. It felt that we had two guys mm-hmm. in midfield because our remaining so-called midfielders are trying to join the attack. So there really was two guys playing four guys in that sort of role. And, uh, um, you know... And Ben Rama gave the ball away a lot on on Sunday. And well, we did as a, as a team. We did. As a yeah, team. I mean, and that's. But yeah, I think yeah. both times they they got booked. Rice and Suchek got booked. It was off the back of a yeah, of, yeah. of the ball being given away. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. We, we turned it over way too much. We, we just lost individual battles. We were second best all over the place. Really. We, we gave the ball, and away, I think actually, that's about atti- as I said earlier. It's about attitude, not. Yeah, we yeah, slid so the ball away a lot against Crystal Palace, but we, what we did was win it back. Yeah, um, well, they yeah. gave it away a lot as well. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, um, the, the, I thought you know, um, leave aside the scoreline, the performance at Crystal Palace is one of the most impressive this season. Yeah, because they are a tough, you know, it's, it's a difficult opposition, um, and we absolutely kind of squeezed the life out of them in difficult conditions as well. So, how, how good was it? How good was it to hear a manager afterwards just to basically say, "Listen, they were really good." And yeah, was, yeah. I thought yeah, Hodgson was yeah. fantastic. He was, yeah, yeah, I like so. him. Yeah, well, yeah, me too, me too. Well, uh, so that's probably it for this week's uh, stop hammer time. Uh, um, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll uh, we'll sort of. Uh, rally a bit up at Villa tomorrow. We're it's, sort odd, of, it's odd how low key it sounded, and we're fifth. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. And in the yeah. fifth round of the cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, hopefully that's uh, count your blessings. We'll put everybody. things right tomorrow. Yeah. Good, good performance at least. Uh, my name's been Phil Whelan's With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio, George Mann. Good night, and Mark Sandell. Good night. Come on, you Irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.